0: Welcome to the Ministership Life again. We have a message that um, um, I'm stepping out on on the lead of the Spirit to utter and to bring forth that which He laid in. And on my heart, and it always, if you've listened to me for any length of time, um, you'll know it always comes through a title. He'll just give me the lead. Through a title and then thereafter verses will be added to the title. And once, once that is filled up in a sense of a few verses, then I get the full picture of the message. So I'm, I am wanting to demonstrate this picture, if I can say that way, but this revelation, the truth of who God is and that he is not a man to ever lie to us that He is the true God, the God eternal, the God immortal, that lives in unapproachable light, our living God, that has given us a brand new birth so we will know Him. And so the message title is Know Him Who Is True. Know Him Who Is True. You see, we have to get to know Him. It's not an automatic thing. You get born again, and then you know everything. You know God. You know about God. You've (laughs) consummated all knowledge about God, and so now you become a scholar, and you want to teach another. And that's really where error lies, in these quick, quick, quick misunderstandings of knowing God. They really oftentimes come from a true desire to know God. And so we move into moments of experiential, experiential sensations, rather than a true transformation that comes solely through the renewing of our minds through the Word of God, through the Word of God. You cannot know God. Outside of his word, you cannot know God outside of his word. You cannot know God. You cannot know God outside of his word. Every feeling you have of your natural inclination, it is a lie. And let it, unless it has been submitted to the truth of the word of God, you will self-deceive yourself. And you go with the error that is so predominant in our ranks right now of just God gets you just as you are. Let's play another song and calm ourselves down. Tone it down. We all know God. To know God is to undergo transformation. To know God is to daily reckon your old life dead in Christ. To know God is to cease from these carnal thoughts of trying to figure out earthly existence, to make a living, to put yourself ahead in the game of life, to 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 excel in the matter and to prove how smart and astute you are, to prove how blessed you are. But you see, when you come to the truth of the Word of God, there's nothing to prove. And there's nothing to figure out except trust the Word. Except trust your living God. Except believe that which He says about you. But no, we want another way. We want the little pettings of the world, we want error to deceive us into lulling us to sleep and not take an inventory of our life before God. We are in an hour we've never been before. This is truly, we're coming to an end of an age. And more than ever, sobriety is required in our Christian living, which is living out the very life of God that the word of God produces in us through mind renewal. Traditions of men have ceased to have any sort of impetus to put us forward. It is nothing but a snare and a trap of measuring things through external perspectives. Yardsticks of how good we are today and how we messed it up today. But when we come to the truth of the word of God, we recognize that in him, through the blood, there has been a regeneration, a renewing, a brand new life that's been washed by the blood of Christ. But it's no longer I standing before him, wanting, wanting, Wanting some sort of vindication, validation, reprieve, but it's me accepting, accepting, and walking in the Sabbath day rest of the Lord Jesus Christ for it is my perpetual rest of having ceased from this external striving. Life in God is not life in the world. Life in God is a life. Of full commitment to the word of God, which is faith. Faith. Faith in the word of God is the only thing that pleases God. The only thing that pleases God is you believing what he has said. The only thing that pleases God is you believing what he has said said the only thing that pleases God is believing the word of God. Not too difficult. Not too difficult. But you see, this word is a hammer. It's a two-edged sword that cuts asunder spirit and soul that brings a discernment to the motives of my heart, that exposes motives that might not be for God, but are self-driven. And therein lies the challenge of the Christian life. Who do we serve? Do we serve self in self-preservation, in self-propelling, in self-promotion? Or do we reckon that self-dead and picking up this brand new life of Christ, the full armor of God, the full armor of God, is to walk in life divine, We've put to memory Ephesians 6, the armor of God. The armor of God is the very life of God lived in us, which is the life of faith. For the just shall walk by faith. And so to know him is to know the one that is true. To know Him is to know the only way that leads to life and not to perdition. See, heaven and hell are real. Real. Heaven and hell are real. Heaven and hell are real. And there's only one way that we can enter in through that narrow gate, which is the Lord Jesus Christ that gives us an assurance of eternal life forever in the very bliss and glory of God, even here and now, to live in the presence of God. And how much more when we cross over to the other side. Glory be to God. And we see him as he truly is, the living one. The living one. The living one. Who's called us forth into a moment such as right now to demonstrate his very glory, the glory of the living son of God. This is not a casual matter. Christianity is not a flippant little another religion on the face of the earth. If you want to believe, it makes you, feel good, go ahead, believe. There are eternal consequences to that which we believe. There are eternal consequences to that which we believe. And before not too long, even if we live for another 50, 100 years, 120 years, it just goes like that. We'll face the truth, the truth. Of life him he is the truth of life him God God a reverence for truth who is God a reverence for the Word of God which is truth is really a must in the Christians heart it's truly the only way we want to express faith before him. for honor to the one who has saved us from misery. To the one who saved us from going to hell. And I know for some hell is just a swear word. But it's real. It's real. Many a joke with that word hell. But it's real. Satan knows it's real. And he wants buddies to be there with him. It's real. No, the only true friend we have is the Lord Jesus Christ, who sticks closer than a brother, who's laid down his life for us and calls us his brethren. The only true God. We can talk about God wants us blessed. God wants us to do well. We can talk about all of it. But really it stems from the reality of knowing God who has already blessed us, who has already made it good for us, who has already made provision of the Lord Jesus Christ to live above the way of the world. To have a mindset of dominion, to have a mindset of joy, to have a mindset of confidence that if God be for me, who or what, what economy, what political realm can be against me, what? If God, the true God, be for me, you will have a cheer in your heart and you'll never mourn nor complain, nor be anxious, nor weary out, nor worry about your tomorrow. When you know the true one, you'll fear not, ever, never. And so to some, the ones that know God and live, live a life of ease in the spirit, which is a confidence to know I'm taken care of. Oh, it stirs up the carnal Christian mind. You gotta be responsible. What you gotta do this. What you gotta do that. Well, you know, you gotta do what you can do, and then God will do what God He can. What God does. Yes, I believe in partnership between God and I. We are one with Him. But I'm talking about being one with the Word of God. And when you become one with the Word of God, your part is to believe. That's the work of a Christian. And from that place which you believe the word of God, he is moving you on divine assignments. And you'll never lack, you'll never fear, you'll never go naked. You don't have to ever fend for yourself. No, think about preserving your future. Never. Never. Because the word has never said us to do that. The only thing that pleases Him is to believe His word. So let's go. Let's go. My portion today is First John five. We go from eighteen. I, I really have not read much from here, especially the latter end. Verse twenty is where I'm going for. I have read eighteen in other teachings, but um, let's let's trust God. The title is Know Him Who is True. Know Him Who is True. Verse 18, 1 John 5. We know that whoever is born of God. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps sin himself keeps himself, that word is guard, keeps, guards, protects himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. So where is the honest here? On whom? For the wicked one not to touch us. Is it on God or is it on you and I, the ones that are in Christ? I don't know why God didn't protect me. I don't know why he didn't protect I don't know why. I, I, no, I, I trust God. He'll protect me. Yes, he protects us. Yes, there's a a, a, a company of angels that encircles us at all times preserving our lives. Yes, indeed. But there is a part that you and I play in this protection. It's called keeping yourself, guarding yourself. So we'll look up some of these words here because they'll bring a a strength of persuasion that I indeed have a say-so of how my life goes. It's not all up to God. And if there is a failure, I guess God wanted to teach me a lesson. The Strong's reads, we know that anyone born of God. Now let's look at the word born of God. You as a Christian are born of God. And if you're not a Christian, not born of God. See, what makes you a Christian is not your weekly, bi-weekly, tri-weekly attendance to your local church. That does not make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is the one that's of Christ, born of God. Born of God. That word born, gineo comes from gineo, the Greek word 1080. It is to be begotten of God, to bring forth. The usage of this word is I beget, bring forth, give birth to. The one that God has given birth to. Do you know God has given birth to you? Do you know God has given birth to you? Do you know you're his child? And as a child grows up in a home and gets to know the mommy and the daddy, we too grow up in God to know him, the true God. The word study of this word "geneo," born to procreate a descendant, to produce offspring, Be born, begotten. We are the very offspring of God. We come from God. And the ones that come from God does not keep on sinning. This word here, of course, comes from, it's hamartano. And it's the verb of the noun to sin, which is, I think, um, what was the word, hamartia, anyway, the Greek words, I'm not a Greek scholar, I just look the Strong's Concordance up, we all have access to it, so you don't need to be a Greek scholar for this to, to use your concordance. So here we see this word 264 hamartano, which is to keep on sinning. It means, of course, to miss the mark, to do wrong originates originally it was used of course from if you if you know anything about the word of god it was used from archery it's an archery term where you miss the aim uh you fall short of of um the target it is to commit a sin against god and the word study is I love how it breaks it down. Properly, this means having no share in to sin, which always brings forfeiture. So when we partake in sin, there is always a forfeiture. That is eternal loss due to missing God's mark. So the one that. Is born of God does not keep on sinning. Means that this at this moment may, makes us foolproof to for, forfeiture to eternal loss. Now we know from First John earlier that the one that has sinned that we now have a. a an advocate before the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, that once we confess our sins, He is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I'm not talking about never missing it, but what I'm talking about is a habitual dwelling in sin and not seeing anything wrong with it. Because that's where eternal losses are suffered. Because it leads to a hardening of heart that separates us from God at that moment. Like the Israelites of old hardened their hearts and were disobedient, and it cost them. Only two went in the promised land out of that multitude of millions. Only two. Why? Because of habitually refusing to believe the word of God. i have given you a promised land. Go in and possess it. Possess it today. Possess that which God has given to you in Christ. Possess it today. Believe that which he has said that you are far above all powers and principality. And you have a due diligence to keep yourself. And we're going to look at the word to keep. Because that verse is the one that does not keep on sinning. That's born of God. Protects himself, the strong's rights. That word protect is from the word terrors. We've looked at this word uh before. It is to guard, to keep, to observe, to watch over. You need to watch over yourself. What do you mean watch over myself? I thought I'm not supposed to self preserve. No, to watch over yourself is to be to be diligent in, in in checking in with your motives. To be diligent, to be aware of what you're thinking. That word to protect is by implication to detain, by extension to withhold, to withhold. Are you withholding that flesh of yours? Are you reining it in? Or do you want to have the last say so in that conversation of anger? Where does your mind go in your private moments? What mesmerizes you in the secret place of of, of your thoughts? It will be exposed. It will be exposed. It will be exposed. Especially in your countenance, it will be exposed. Evil forbearance is not trusting the word of God. Worrying about your life is not trusting and being a doer of the word of God. Having an anxious mind is not believing that God is for you and all things are working together for good because you love God and called according to his purpose. How are you going to slide? Oh, well, you know, life is tough, God. Yes, because we are to live by faith and not by sight. And when we live by faith, there's only one report that we believe. And that is the report of the Word of God. What do you believe today? You wear it. What do you believe today? You're saying it. What you believe today, you're living it out. And it's visible. It's visible. To know him who is true is to know joy, is to know trust in an unfailing word. To know him who is true is to know love that will never disappoint, no harm. When was the last time he failed you? When was the last time Satan did something good for you that you should believe his lies about your family, about the state of your affairs? Why be tricked up by deception when we say we know him who is true? And so today, keep yourself Live the life of the Spirit. That's how we don't fulfill the lust of flesh. What is living the life of the Spirit, Desi? It is believing the Word of God. Having a confidence in the Word of God that will set the course of your day. It will be a good day. No matter what comes your way, you're made to triumph over it mightily. No matter the thoughts He inserts in your mind, you can bring them down. You can demolish strongholds of habitual patterns of thoughts that come from lineages of fearful living through family members. We are without an excuse. That's what I'm trying to say. We are accountable to live life before God to be found in the press of fate, It is a press. And to go forward, even if it's just a little millimeter ahead, as long as it's forward, refusing to look back and mourn, refusing to look back and remember, well, remember what? The leeks and the garlic that you ate under slavery? that you are whipped daily by the devil? What is there to remember that's good there? Nothing. And God has said he is for you. He'll never leave you nor know, forsake you. God has said he lives in you. And there is a plan that's being executed, not just for your little old life or new life or brand new life, but for the entire universe. The nations are being lined up in position to give an account to the living God who don't be looking at political realms and, and news flashes. You will be mesmerized by something. That is not true. But what the word of God speaks about the nations, that is truth. And that's what's coming to pass. And that's why there is a commotion in the spirit, a divine alignment that would match up with the perfect counsel of the will of God. Do not fear, but believe the word of God. Oh, so and so said, such and such prophetic word, what does the most sure word of prophecies say? He is God, eternal. And this world is given to a sway, destined to be under Satan's dominion, because of what Adam did, the sin of Adam. But we have an escape to the one that's from above the Lord Jesus Christ. That we're not just smear from people from beneath trying to slug it out with Satan. No, no, we've been raised together with him to live a life of peace and joy and confidence in the one who has begotten you. Wanna hear another cute message? I want to hear another little cute message. I want a little band-aid to my moment. We are the church of the living God. We make decrees that line up with the word of God. That angels are hearkening to hear. It will go according to the counsel of the word of God. I want to go to Jeremiah 10. Jeremiah 10.10 comes to mind. I've been spending time through the, the major prophets here in the Old Testament, coming into the minor as well, prophets. But Jeremiah, a man sent by God called to be a prophet to the nations. There really no man while he lived listened to him. But God executed everything that Jeremiah spoke that was of him. In Jeremiah 10, Hear the word which the Lord speaks to your house of Israel. Thus says the Lord. Do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Don't go to the world to tell you about God. Or to tell you about how you should live life in the world. Do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven. Be unmoved in this hour. For the Gentiles are dismayed at them, mesmerized by all these signs and wonders. For the custom of the peoples are futile. Traditions of men are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest The works of the hands of the workmen with an axe. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so it will not topple. Can't even stand. They are upright like a palm tree and they cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot go by themselves. Don't be afraid of them and their idolatry. The ways of the world is an idolatry. They can't stand up. A man had to nail and prop up continually through decrees. Can't stand up. Don't be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, nor can they do any good. And as much as there is none like you, O oh Lord, you are great, and your name is great in might. The one true God is great, and his name is great in might. Dominion is in his name, and he's given us that dominion that is in his name to us that are begotten by him, to execute the justice of God on earth through a decreed word of power. What is justice? The ways of God. Truth is justice. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? That's why I came. He is the king of the nations. He is the king of the nations. He is the almighty king that presides over all the nations. For this is your rightful due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you, none like him, like our king, there is none like him. They might want to strut their stuff, And present themselves as dignitaries of power. But we know the true dignitary. We know the true king, who is the king of the nations. But they are altogether dull-hearted and foolish. A wooden idol is a worthless doctrine. Do you know what a worthless doctrine is? It's a wooden idol. When you worship and when you believe a worthless doctrine, it's like you're worshiping a wooden idol that would not profit you but ensnare you in idolatry. And you think you're worshiping a deity. It's not the true God. Take inventory of the doctrines that you are believing that could potentially be worthless. It's an idol. Silver is beaten into plates. It is brought from Tarshish and gold from Uphaz. The work of the craftsmen and of the hands of the metalsmith. Blue and purple are their clothing. They array themselves real fine. But look, they're all the work of skillful men. But the Lord is the true God. This is verse 10. I love this verse, Jeremiah 10.10. 10. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath, the earth will tremble. At His wrath, the the earth will tremble. All will give an account to God. But you see, we no longer, those that are in Christ, are not under the wrath of God. But we are in the very mercy of God. And from the mercy of God, we extend mercy to others. What is that mercy? Be reconciled to God is the mercy of God that we extend to others. Not keep on sinning. Not keep on believing a lie, it's okay. But the Lord is a true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath, the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure His indignation. This is truth. This is truth. And if you want to live in a little circle of your little imagination of how bad it is, how it's all coming to a really bad, bad, bad end. Well, then you're miserable and you're not believing the word of God. But when you believe the word of God, a boldness comes on you to know you're loved by God and there's nothing to fear. His perfected love in me, Christ in me, has flushed out fear. Not afraid. In Christ, you're not afraid. What are you afraid of today? It's a lie. A mirage. Walk right through it. It will bow to the name that you bear, the name of Jesus. It will bow. If you walk through it. But if you cower and you stumble and you hesitate and you shrink back, then the Lordship over you is not the Lord Jesus Christ. That's communicating communicating that dread and fear. But it's the way of the world. So we come out of those shadows into that light of His Word. For His Word is light. Verse 11, thus you shall say to them, the gods have not made the heavens and the earth shall perish from the earth. And from under these heavens, he has made the earth by his power. Let's remind ourselves who our God is. He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom. Has stretched out the heavens at his discretion. When he utters his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens, and he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. He brings the wind out of all his treasuries. Everyone is dull-hearted without knowledge. Every metalsmith is put to shame by an image. Listen to this one here now. For his molded image is falsehood. If you're believing a falsehood, you're serving a false image. If you're bowing the knee to falsehood, to lies of perdition, it's not gonna work for you. You'll never make it. You are bowing the knee to a false image, to an idol. You're making an idol. You're worshiping falsehood. No more cute little stories of just, 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 uh ah-ah. It's okay to believe whatever you want to believe. As long as you go to church, you're okay. Go to church, but believe what is right. What is right? The Word of God is right. And there is no breath in them. There's no breath in lies. Do you see that? They're futile, a work of errors. A work of errors. Why do you want to believe a work of error? That is futile, that has no breath. That is false, false, false. They will topple. It will not hold you up. You yourself have to nail it to the walls of your life by believing it. It can't stand unless you prop it up. And then you go to God God, I don't know why it's not working. Well, what have you propped up as an idol? Tough little message, isn't it? All of us need to take inventory. What do we believe? Do you believe you'll we'll die prematurely? Do you believe you're going to die from sickness and disease? Do you believe you'll lack forever and ever and ever? Do you, do you, what do you believe? Because that which you believe, you are becoming. That which you behold in your heart, that you believe, you are reproducing. You're giving a life to it. You're propping it up. You're fashioning your life. Let it be the word of God. Let truth rule your life. How? By ruling your mind. Oh, you don't know Desi. You don't understand Desi. Oh, really? We all live this this life on earth? Jesus told us himself that there will be trouble here. But what? I'm supposed to do what? Mourn? Cry? Complain? Complain? Oh, there is trouble on every turn. Oh, whatever. No, I'm supposed to be of good cheer. I'm supposed to be of good cheer. I'm supposed to have joy. For that is my strength. You know why it's my strength? Because when I believe the word of God, it produces joy in my heart. And his word is strength to my life. What is the strength of your life? It is this joy that the word produces. Not falsehood, not a work of errors. Back to verse 15. These molded images that are falsehood, there's no breath in them. They are futile, a work of errors. In the time of their punishment, they shall perish. There is a punishment that they will endure, and they do endure. Actually, the ultimate punishment is what Jesus did when he went down to the pit of hell and stripped Satan, defeated him, and triumphed and came up out of the grave mightily. Resurrection. And ascended on high and sits where now? At the right hand of majesty. And where he sits, we sit. Because we're where? In him. In him. You're where? You're in him. The body of Christ whose head is Christ in heaven. Look at verse 16. The portion of Jacob is not like them. For he is the maker of all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Lord of hosts is his name. Back to 1 John 5. Verse 19, we know that we are of God. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The strongs is we know that we are of God and that. Oh, it refresh my app. Just a minute. There we go. We know that we are of God and that the whole world is under the power. The whole world. The whole world, not just part of it. You know, you little community is exempt from it. No, the whole world is under the power of the evil one. I was so drawn to look up the word is under the power. And I actually was astounded by this word, and, I, and uh, it's the word two seven four nine, and it's kmi that the whole world is under the power of the wicked one. It's a word under the power is this k ke, kmi two seven four nine. It means to be laid, to lie. The whole world lies is been laid. The, in in this sway of the wicked one and the word the stud the usage is I lie recline the world has been reclined placed set appointed and destined the only destination of this world is. Evilness. Because the Lord of this world, the God of this world, it's not God, it's Satan. This system of the world that we are so compliant and obliging to serve. And eager to listen for know-how. How to live life successfully in the world. This world is destined by God to come to naught. For all that is of Satan comes to naught. There's nothing but foolishness in it. A chaff in the wind. That so many are running after, collecting little chaff. The winds blow out of the way, mesmerized by a lie, believing falsehood. And the danger of all of it is idolatry towards God. So compromised we can live. Not realizing we've bowed the knee to an idol. The concordance of that word is to be laid to lie, appointed, destined, made, set, is standing under the sway of the wicked one. under the power of the wicked one. Let's go now to the verse I really wanted to read. But I felt I needed to communicate from 18 and 19 to queue up to verse 20 because that's really where the power is for us believers. 1 John 5, 20. And we know, this is where my title really comes from, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. Has given us an understanding. And that word understanding is the 1271 Dianoia and is a mind predisposition, a disposition thought. He has given us intellect, insight. That we may know him. That we may know him who is true, who has given you insight of knowing him who is true. The Son whom God has sent, the Son of God who has come into the world has brought a different insight than that which is in the world. See, he is not of the world. He was sent by the Father. Light was sent into darkness. To give light to men to know God. Who is the Son of God? Who is the Son of God? John 1, 1 tells us who the Son of God is. In the beginning was the Word. How do you know God? Through the Son of God. Who in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. He's the only one who has been qualified to give us understanding and insight into God. The only one. The Son of God. He told His disciples, If you see Me, you know the Father. I've been sent to show you the true God. I come from the true God in John. If we have time, but it might be next Sunday, we'll talk, we'll look at the verses in John, the very words of Jesus about the true God. They came to demonstrate to us, to give us understanding and intellect, a thought, insight, a disposition to know Him. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. Where is your life? In him was life. And the life was the light of man. His life, the life of the word is your light. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The life of the Word of God. The life of the Word of God. The life of the Word of God that came into the world is the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Darkness can't touch it. Darkness flees from it. Verse 14, And the word became flesh Mm -mm. and dwelt among us the Son of God. This that you hold, that you read, is the life that is your light. Never treat it casually. This is your living hope. This is your way of escape. This is truth. This is how you know the true God. This is a way out of worry, a way out of an anxious mind, a way of you being strengthened by His might within you. Not to grow weary, not to give up, not to, not, not to, not to be paralyzed by falsehood, but to live in the true light of the Son of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and He beheld His glory, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth, understanding. To know him is grace and truth. Understanding to know him is grace and truth. That those that that know him, the Father is seeking for those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's finish back to 1 John 5.20 and we wrap it up. I pray that this message stirs you up. It really has stirred me up. They won't take it just another little, another little moment of, you know, another little thing. But you live life in honor of his word. That you live life before God in full confidence of assurance. He got you. He is in you. Grow up to know Him. How? By growing up in the Word of God. Back to verse 21, John 5. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true. That we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. This is the true God and eternal life. Verse 21, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Amen and amen, and we are done. Amen.